Hi everyone, this is Maddie and welcome to She Speaks. This is a podcast where I'll generally be talking about anything and everything. I've done some polls on my social media and I've collected some topics which my followers seem to find generally interesting, such as the universe, personal beliefs, the art of meditation, music, the environment, relationship experiences, and much more. This podcast is mostly to relax, seek advice from on one topic to another, and maybe just to have something fun to listen to every now and then. I'll talk about my art and my thoughts on certain subjects here and there, but most importantly, I want to emphasize that this is a safe environment. I'll do some Q&As here and there, and if it does good, I think it'd be fun to have a guest or two as well. I'm anxious to see how this goes, and overall, I hope to help some people out there too. So, enjoy! Okay, so hi everyone. Thank you for tuning into the first episode of She Speaks. As you heard in the intro, um, I basically just wanted to make a podcast to maybe offer help or resources to people who might want to have advice, you know, on something that they're thinking about or if they just, you know, want to listen to something cool in general. Um, So I went through my Instagram and I collected uh, some of the topics. Um, If you guys follow me, you would know um, I did some recent polls and had people vote on things that uh, I could talk about. And I went through all the polls and I figured out um, the most voted on subject was actually personal beliefs, which I find is a very broad um, topic. So I went through my notes and I decided to um, separate this topic into um, little chunks that I'll be going over. So the first chunk is basically feminism, which was another thing that a lot of people voted on. And... um, I just wanted to kind of clear the actual definition of feminism. I find it very uh, ironic that a lot of people actually don't know the meaning of feminism. Um, Now, I understand that currently in um, our society, unfortunately, there are a lot of these things called feminazis, which are these women um, who go out there and they just absolutely bash on men and they, you know, they say that they hate men and that men are, you know, the, you know, the bottom, you know, gender and that they suck and everything they do is horrible. And that is absolutely 150% not feminism. Feminism, um, contrary to the, you know, prefix of the word feminine is um actually meaning equality like it is specifically for men and women to be equal and any you know any gender any person of lgbtq everyone is equal every race every gender everybody and it's basically a concept and the reason for the word feminine in the beginning of it is because When, you know, all of this stuff kind of first started, it was because women were, you know, severely being degraded. I mean, they, you know, they couldn't vote. They were expected to be housewives. They literally, you know, they couldn't be seen in public at times. And it was just, that's where this whole movement, you know, really took core and that's where it started. And I think this is a very important concept even still today because, actual feminists and you know the really the real meaning of feminism is to actually you know appreciate our past and how far that we've come but also to notice that there are still problems happening and a part of being a feminist is standing up for every single person no matter if you agree with them or not it is not about you know 
shaming other people for believing in one thing or, you know, putting down another person because they don't agree with you. That's not what it's about at all. It's about treating everybody with respect and respecting everybody's opinion. It's about, you know, um, let me try and think of an example. It's about, you know, for instance, you know, we see a lot of like slut shaming, especially in our, uh, you know, current generation where these women will, you know, post pictures, you know, not even, you know, really bad. I mean, they post pictures in like bikinis or they post pictures, you know, um, just showing off their bodies. And you'll notice a big problem is we have these like celebrity nudes or celebrity, you know, pictures that have been leaked and the men love it and they post it and they share it. And, you know, it's not only the men, but I mean, they love it and they, you know, they see this as, you know, a big opportunity, which it's just not right because then when it's an accident or, you know, when someone's being, you know, some of these people, I mean, they've been being spied on, or I mean, they were getting pictures taken through their windows and stuff like that, and I mean, it'll be an accident, and it gets leaked out, and it's just a whole thing, the media blows it up, but when it's things like, you know, women who, for instance, have gone through a long journey of weight loss, and they're deciding to post pictures of their new body, not even bad, you know, in community guidelines, whatever you would call it, And then they're being shamed for this and they're saying you should cover up and you should be, you know, you shouldn't be posting your body like that. You're, you're betraying yourself like that, you know, you just want sex and that's what you're selling your body for. And it's like, no, that's not it at all. And on top of that, you also shouldn't be, you know, someone, not only that you're saying that, but you shouldn't be someone who, you know... Let's say you don't do that stuff, and because you don't do that stuff, you pride yourself of it, and you kind of look down on other people like that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that, because that's not what a respectable human being, let alone a feminism, would do. You can have your own opinions about whatever, but you, sh- you should always, always, always take the opportunity to help build somebody up and to help build self-confidence up. I find that as a very hard topic, especially in our up-and-coming generation, mixed in with social media and mixed in with all of these influencers and all this kind of stuff. Self-confidence, I swear I could do an entire episode on that. I have struggled many years with self-confidence. I have been constantly comparing myself and my body and my looks and my face and everything to anybody else out there. I mean, you know, I look at a picture of, like, Madison Beer, and I'm like, why can't I have lips like that? Why can't, you know, why can't my hair flow that, you know? And it's just, it's horrible. And I'm not saying that, you know, Madison Beer or whatever, like, I'm not saying that all of these influencers and, like, all these people, like, I'm not saying that they should stop doing this because, yes, they are gorgeous. They have these beautiful bodies. They have these beautiful facial features. They should be able to post it, and they should be able to, you know, not only be recognized for it, but they should be able to do that because, you know, that's recognizing your self-beauty. But what's hard is that all of these people out here who, for instance, might not be as well-known, they're comparing themselves to these people constantly, and it's terrible, and it's self-degregating, and, you know, you have these people out there who absolutely hate themselves just because of how they look, and that's just, I mean, it's saddening, and it's heartbreaking, and I guess I kind of want to, you know, be able to put out this podcast or be able to, you know, give these words to people because I've been through it. I know what it's like. And I just, I really want to, you know, be a source of help for these people. 
because that is a big issue. And I think that kind of ties along in with um, the kind of person that you want to become. I think if you truly want to, you know, be in the core of being a good person, you have to work on yourself first. Um, I've always been, you know, the oldest kid in my family. Um, I have a ton of cousins and I'm always, you know, really been the oldest in my immediate family. And because of that, there was a lot of expectations and responsibilities that kind of came down on my shoulders. And um, I always wanted to help others before I helped myself. And I know to a lot of people that's like, oh, I mean, that's that's a great feature to have. That's an awesome, you know, that's, you know, a part of being a good person. But I quickly came to realize, especially going into high school, that that it was one of the biggest sources of almost all of my problems. I was always looking out to help my friends or to help my family or to help, I mean, almost even strangers before I would help myself. And what that led to happen was people would, you know, not everybody, but some people would take advantage of me and they would take advantage of all the help that I would always offer. And it was just emotionally draining for me. And I never really had time to focus on myself. Um, I quickly fell out of any activities. I used to be very involved. If you guys knew me like in middle school or even before that, I was very involved in sports. I was a very big athlete. Um, I was always in, you know, some kind of club and I went into high school freshman year and just all of a sudden it hit me. You know, I had so much schoolwork to do. I was struggling with schoolwork. I was struggling trying to, you know, make new friends by, you know, putting them, their needs before mine. Uh, same thing with my family and it was very hard for me because I quickly began to realize that these people that I'm doing all this stuff for wouldn't do the same for me. And, you know, it was a raw and serious thing that I needed to learn about myself. But, um, you know, it was needed and I needed to sit back and I needed to realize that and really just take that in. And it was very emotional and it was very hard. But um, once I figured that out, I just realized, you know, maybe these people aren't the people that I should be, you know, giving my time to or spending, you know, spending my time around. And um, obviously, I'm not going to mention any names, but I ended up, you know, really deciding to focus on me and my needs. And I changed schools uh, going in high school and I changed schools. And, um, you know, I was at the school that I just graduated from now. And I was just you can ask anybody in my family. I just lit up. As soon as I switched to focusing on my own needs after so long, I went back into working out. I went back into my sports. I went back into my art. I went back into everything that I loved. And I didn't care what anybody else, what anybody else thought. Because when it really comes down to it, if I'm trying to embrace myself in something that I love and the people that I'm around don't like that or don't like that I'm giving my time to that thing, then those people really don't need to be in their life. They don't really care about you. They wouldn't do the same that you would do for them. And like I said, it's emotional. I mean, it's a part of life and it's something very hard that you need to realize, but it happens. And I think that that's one thing that... um that's one bit of advice that I would give to absolutely any person on this earth is that before you want to fix anybody else or have any other relationship, you need to fix yourself. You need to build up self-confidence. You need to enjoy the things that you enjoy. Figure out what you like to do. Oh, sorry. That was the notification just came through. (laughs) 
but you need to figure out what you like. And then you'll just automatically, naturally, you'll find people who also like that stuff and you can build friendships and relationships out of. And I think that that is a very important concept um, in life in general. And uh, that is something that really has kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. And um, like I said, I can do a whole... uh, I can do a whole episode on self-care and I can do a whole episode on, you know, self-love, self-consciousness and coming over that kind of stuff and, you know, things like that. Um, Because those are very important values that, you know, everybody needs to learn. So um, moving on to the next topic, which was um, society. A lot of people wanted to know what I thought about society. Um, A lot of people that I talked to think that uh, I'm just a dreamer and that I just want peace over anything and, you know, that there should be no war and that we actually have a chance to survive um, in this world without any war or without any conflicts. Um, A lot of people do not believe in these concepts at all, which I respect and I completely get it. Um, But for people who are asking what I think about this kind of stuff... Um, I know that I probably sound really naive, and I know that I probably sound, you know, crazy to some people, but overall, I just really wish that, um, everybody could get along, and I know that that's super, you know, broad and kind of childish to say, um, but it's true, I mean, I think that if we really got our thoughts together of what we need as nations and what we truly need. For instance, I mean, we've had wars over, like, oil. And I think we just need to get to the core of what each nation needs and what we need from each other and how we can help each other. Um, Rather than just focusing on, oh, who can be the most powerful or who can, you know, win the most wars and stuff like that, Um, who can have the most money. Because, um, like I was talking about with each of us individually, you need to work on your inner self and you need to, you know, fix your thoughts about yourself and focus on what's in really, like, what's really important to you um, before you can build relationships with other people. And I know that, you know, countries and, you know, full-on governments are completely different from individualistic needs. But I will say... I think we need to put um, people in office who generally care about, you know, the people or care about living or care about um, the people besides their class. Um, I think if you, you know, want to vote for a president or to put someone in power, I think um, most likely that person, you know, has a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to do a campaign. Um, You know, there's no telling where their past was from. Um. But most likely, they will be in an upper-class system. And I feel like we genuinely need to trust. And to be able to put our trust into the government, we need someone who is openly understanding to these people. Because it doesn't matter if this person, it doesn't matter if they, um, they're, they're rich and they've been rich all their lives. That doesn't matter. What matters is, is they have an open mind and they are willing to understand what people are going through. Because... I will say, you know, I, for instance, 
I've never had to live on the streets. I've never had, you know, to worry when my next meal was going to be. I've had, you know, very good parents and I've had, you know, I've had a family who will put my needs before theirs because I would put my need, you know, I would put their needs before mine. Um, sorry, that was a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> but um, I've never had to worry about things like that. But I have had very close friends and I have seen people who have had to worry about things like that. And a part of it, you know, makes me very grateful for the life that I've been given. Um, it makes me very happy for how blessed I've been. But another way that I look at that is because I never had to worry about things like that, it makes me want to open my mind more and learn more about how those people are, you know, dealing with this crisis and how it would feel to be a mother of a child who you can't provide for. And it's heartbreaking. And I really just, you know, I'll do anything in my power to get the word out or to get the news out or to help people understand what that feels like. And I feel like that's a super important thing, you know? The media will focus on wars and they'll focus on the coronavirus and they'll focus on um, just anything and everything. And sometimes it really feels like they just focus on things that just aren't as important. Um, Same thing with, you know, some governmental leaders. They'll focus on oil or they'll focus on, you know, they'll focus on anything and everything that to most people really matters. There's a whole world of billions of people out there. And what I find so fascinating about it is not every single person has the same mind or not the same way of thinking. And everyone's had different experiences. I've had different experiences from my parents or, you know, even my best friend. And that's just a part of what I find so fascinating about how Each and every single one of these billions of people has their own mind, has their own heart, has their own soul, and they all just, they've been through separate things at separate times, and I think we all just need to be open-minded to each other and what each other have been through and what we can think about certain things because some of us have experienced things that others haven't, and everyone should have a say about what's going on or what can affect their life. And I feel like if we were just more open-minded and if we would just take the two seconds to understand and listen to somebody, it would have such a big effect rather than putting, you know, your own needs over somebody else's. Um, Because that is very important. And I think that's very important, especially to, you know, being in a position to run a country or to run the world. I think that those should be some major qualifications rather than age, you know? Um, I think that we can and we have the opportunity to live in an actual peaceful society, and people call me crazy, but I seriously, you know, like I said, I mean, I could do a whole episode on this and my thoughts behind this. Um, This is just a small portion of it, but I genuinely think that we have the potential to do this, Um, and I know that a lot of people understand me and a lot of people, you know, understand my thought process on this and they feel the same way. But it's crazy how you kind of look around and you're like, man, the majority of people think like this. But how do some of these people end up in office? You know, who votes them in? And it's just, I think um, there's a lot to be said about this. Um, 
and I mean, I think that that's a big thing with, you know, our government and our society and how things work. Um, aside from the piece, I think, you know, talking about open-mindedness, open-mindedness, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I think talking about that, um, I can also go into helping other people and how people can live together versus apart. Um, hatred, uh, no one is born with hatred. I solely believe that. Um, no one is born evil. Um, I think that everyone handles things, um, trauma or experiences in different ways. Um, and I think that if everyone just had somebody to help them, um, and that's why I'm putting this out there because there could be people out there listening to this that I don't even know who, you know, maybe need help and they were looking for an outlet. So that's why I'm putting this out there because, um, I don't care who you are, um, I will say that I love just about anybody out there. I don't care what you've done. You could have done, um, you know, the worst, most heinous thing, but I will still take the time to listen to you. And, you know, I'll, that's just the kind of person that I am. And I know a lot of people, um, they even hate me for that because they say that I'm putting myself out there and I'm being too vulnerable. But I deeply believe that every single person out there needs someone like this to listen to them and to hear them out. Um, to ask for advice, because I truly believe that if you're just alone to your thoughts and they're self-degrading and they're saying that you're a bad person or they're just tearing you down, not even coming from other people, but just you alone with your thoughts, I think that that leads to the most dangerous things. Um, And I just kind of want to be the help for that kind of person. I think that we need to understand that um, people like that can affect um, families and individuals and societies very, very deeply. Um, we all know the mass shootings that happen or the bombings or terrorist acts, and um, it affects more than just one person or the people that you might be targeting. Um, it affects countries. And it affects, I mean, I can't imagine the families of those people. It's got a ripple effect. And I know that some people know that. Um, But I think some people, um, even in things as little as school bullying or tearing somebody else down because of a social media post, words and actions have such a strong effect on people. And... That is something that I think a lot of people need to learn and understand because you can hear it and you can agree, but the sad part of it is, is there are a lot of people who can hear it and say, oh yeah, but they don't understand it. Um, it can be very hard for some people. Um, I know some things that were said to me, you know, in middle school, freshman year, that really just tore me down and um, I kind of shut myself out to my family and it deeply affected my family. It deeply affected um, me. I, you know, I lost a lot of friends. Um, and it just, things that you say to one person can affect so many people. And it's just, I mean, it's immense. And that's just why, you know, any person that I meet, anyone that um, I come in contact with, I just... I want to be that person to have a positive effect on somebody. 
And I know that everyone can say that, but I deeply, deeply want to be the person that if you're thinking of something bad or if you're thinking of, you know, putting yourself down or if you're thinking of just self-damaging thoughts, I want to be that person in the back of your mind telling you that it's going to be okay and that, you know, I can help you and I can talk you through things. You know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but I want to be that outlet to people. And um, yeah, so it's a big and it's a deep thing to say and I know the responsibility that comes with it. Um, I have had problems in my family where a family member has had severe mental issues And I mean, I sit there and I listen to them for hours just so they can get that out of their head because I can't imagine what that's like. That's another example. I mean, I've never been through it, but I just want to help because, you know, I just want to be that help for somebody. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I have to say about, you know, kind of how feminism ties into self-care and, you know, how it ties into um, self-deprecation or how it ties into self-consciousness. And all of this is connected, in, you know, as well to society and how, you know, large-scale governments can have an effect on individual people or individual classes and how we just need to be open-minded and how open-mindedness to me is the key to a peaceful t- society. Um, so uh, moving on... I also had uh, questions about my religion. So um, if you guys know me, I was raised um, Catholic and Christian. Um, I went I went to uh, Catholic school uh, my whole entire life up until uh, sophomore year of high school. So um, I do have a very strong tie uh, to that faith. Um, I think some of it can be a little bit extreme. Um, I think that the concept of it is good when it says, you know, love everybody. Um, You have to appreciate everyone that you come in contact with. Um, You know, basically kind of like just spread the love. Um, I agree with those concepts. I do not agree with um, the views that it has on um, heaven and hell or uh, LGBTQ people. Um, I think that um, with certain topic topics, I sway more towards Hinduism. Um, I love the beliefs of uh, Hinduism and what it has, uh, you know, the effect that it has um, dealing with like the individual spirit and the individual soul and how it really connects you with your mind and being a good person. Um, I like the system of, you know, going into nirvana eventually, um, being a good person. Um, I do believe in reincarnation. Um, I think more so rather than you just being a bad person on earth and you going straight to hell, or you being a good person and you go to heaven, or being an okay person you get stuck in purgatory. Um, I believe in reincarnation because I believe that um, if you are a bad person or even, you know, a decent person on earth, I do believe in reincarnation and karma. 
I feel like if you're a bad person on earth, you're going to reincarnate and you're going to, you know, suffer like you made other people or other animals or other souls suffer in your first life. Um, I think that once you come out of that suffering through your lives and you become more of a peaceful and nurturing person and you actually, you know, open your mind enough to understand what other souls go through on earth and how to appreciate them and how to uh, nurture and just truly love from the bottom of your heart and through your soul. Not to just say, I love you, but to show it and to really reach out there and care for people. I think that's when you achieve nirvana. And then again, um, like I said, I studied Catholicism through my entire life up until sophomore year. Um, I, I only studied Hinduism, I believe, eighth grade and ninth grade. Um, so I, I'm not an expert. I don't know everything about it, but I definitely like the views of it. And I definitely have ties between Catholicism and Hinduism, um, together. And, um, more so my beliefs and my religion beliefs or like religious beliefs are just, you know, you have to be a good person. I believe in karma and I believe that you, you know, you're here to learn from your mistakes because everybody makes mistakes. Uh-huh. Hannah Montana. No, just kidding. Um, but everybody makes mistakes. And um, to truly become a better person, you have to make those mistakes and you have to learn from your mistakes. Um, because I think a part of being a bad person is if you make those mistakes and you see the effect that they have and it doesn't phase you and you're just kind of like, all right, well, I mean, that's that had an effect on them, but it didn't really affect me. So, I mean, I guess I can keep doing it. Um, and I think going through life carelessly like that, um, not just carelessly, but carelessly to the fact that you could be hurting other people. I think that um, that's kind of what earns you a little bit of karma. Um, not to say that, you know, I mean, the thing with Catholicism is, for me, how I kind of learned about it was, yes, you make mistakes. Um, I learned somewhere, I think it was like from one of the nuns at our school that told us, you make seven sins a day um, at minimum. Um, And I think like hearing that, it just really freaked me out because I was like, oh my God, like there's no way that I can possibly avoid making a sin. Um, but now that I've kind of learned and formed my own beliefs, I understand that, you know, yes, everybody makes mistakes, but it's about learning from them. And I think that God or whatever supreme being is out there throws you mistakes. And I believe in destiny and I believe that, you know, there, everything happens for a reason. And I think that some of these quote unquote sins or mistakes that we make through life happen for a reason and they happen in order to test us and to see if we can overcome that and I think it depends on the way that you overcome it I mean if you overcome it in a way and you're like oh my god now I'm gonna go to hell and now you know now I'm a horrible person that's I don't think that's the way to do it I think that they come at you for a reason for you to overcome it and say I overcame that and I learned from that and now obviously I know not to do it but now I know that maybe that's the effect that it can have on people or I, you know, I can't believe that I did that and I really, I really want to help those people now. So um, those are kind of my religion aspects. Um, 
again, I mean, if you guys have any more questions on any of these, you can message me or whatever. Um, I had another big, big uh, turnout for environment. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge environmental activist. Um, and there's a ton to talk about. So climate change, animal captivity, dolphins, whales, captivity, all this kind of stuff. So I'm um, not going to get too into it because, like I said, these are just little chunks that I can make uh, different episodes for. But um, I think climate change is a biggie. <laughs> um, we have known about climate change for so long. That was another notification. Sorry. Um, we have known about climate change for so long. Um, we have known about it, um, severely since the 50s and, you know, before that too, but it officially hit the media and television and news in the 50s. Um, so I think that that's kind of sad because we haven't really done anything, um, government-wise seriously to help climate change. And it doesn't help that now our government doesn't believe in it. Um, not our government, but whatever. Um, it's a very hard topic because uh, I do I do think that there are some portion there are some portions of the media that completely overdo it and they say um, I mean I saw a thing today where it was like in twenty years you're gonna have to wear hazmat suits to go surfing because the waters are gonna be so dangerous. Now I don't believe in stuff like that. Um, I don't believe in stuff that says. Uh, all of America is going to be underwater in 50 years. Um, but I do believe in the actual scientists that have come out with information saying um, things like, uh, you know, in about 50 years, Miami is going to be underwater. And that is true. I mean, if you actually take the time to do research on this kind of thing, you can see that Miami constantly floods even now. Um, the governor of Miami is having to Um, I think it was something, you know, I think it was like a, it was a bunch of money. I don't want to say an actual number, but billions of tax dollars that had to go for, uh, go towards, um, making different roads. Um, and they had to change the roads, um, uh, obviously on the coast that would, um, they would all lead towards a drain. And so, um, it's like a draining system over in Miami because that's already affecting them now. Um, places like New York. Now, I don't know as much about New York because obviously I don't live there, but um, I do know a lot about Miami because um, we're in Florida. Um, but I mean, it's things like that, things like that that we are actually seeing, but that national government doesn't really necessarily pay attention to. Um, obviously now, um, climate change is a 50-50 deal. Um, and I think that that was one of the most important things about the media and the media is there specifically for climate change to split the public opinion. And this is a public opinion that should not be split at all. Um, because this is a fact. I think public opinion can be, uh, split on things like abortion or, um, I don't know, you know, just things like that because, that's something where it's completely different. You can have an opinion on it. You can say, you know, hey, my faith doesn't believe in that. I don't think that that should be a thing. Or you can say, hey, 
um, that's your faith, but in my personal belief, I think that should be a thing. That's public opinion split, and that's fine. Um, but climate change is something that is going to affect us globally. Um, that is, those are facts. Those are actual scientific facts of how we will be affected. Those are, you know, not even just America, not China. Those are human lives globally that will be affected. That could be ended. That could, you know, those are, you know, big things. Um, And the media decides to split public opinion because a lot of the people that, um, quote unquote, do not believe in climate change are shown to have um, stocks in gas companies or oil companies. And obviously, they wouldn't want to lose their money. Um, Now, this isn't everybody. This is just um, some people who actually are in our government who do not want um, people to believe in climate change. So um, that's a big thing. And moving on to animal captivity, um, I actually just recently got a tattoo of a little orca whale on my wrist um, to kind of represent when I was younger I would always go uh, to SeaWorld with my grandparents, and that was a huge memory. Um, I mean, we must have gone every day or, like, every weekend. We went all the time, and I had so much fun. And I remember when I was little, I would watch the uh, Shamu show, and I would say, like, I remember my dream job was to be one of the trainers. Like, I wanted to do that so bad. And I would go to my grandma and grandpa's house and um, I remember I would go into the deep end of their pool at like, I'm talking like four or five years old. I would go into the deep end of their pool and I would pretend that I was a trainer and I would swim all the way to the bottom and I would like boost myself up and I would pretend I was a SeaWorld trainer and I would do this for hours. And um, my grandma, she would be the audience and she'd be in the shallow end on the steps clapping Um But I mean, those are some of my fondest memories. And obviously now I'm severely against um, whale captivity. Um, And uh, so I got this tattoo to remind me of all the times that I spent with my grandparents there and how much I loved seeing that. But also growing up and learning the scientific facts and learning about um, things how, you know, dolphins and whales have such heightened capacity of their brains and they're more developed than human brains even and they're just like people I mean I've watched endless documentaries on them and it's just amazing to see how they like react and they like they they all have their own families they all have their own language they all have like it's just it's amazing they're just like humans and if not even more because you know I mean they don't have war Um, (laughs) but in all seriousness, I mean, they just, I mean, they work together as teams to get food and it's just, it's immense to see this. And I guess this tattoo represents, um, kind of me going through my life and what a strong connection I've had with these whales, um, and just wildlife, like wildlife in general. I've grown to have such an appreciation for all of this nature and all of these animals and, you know, the nature that we have right next door. And because of this appreciate, because of this appreciation, um, obviously I've become very against animal captivity. Um, I've become an animal rights activist. All of this, like, you know, put together 
And it's just kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. And um, I'm not going to look back at myself at, you know, four or five years old and be like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, I would pay so much money to SeaWorld to go see this stuff. But I'm not completely against SeaWorld. I mean, they're a big educational resource. Um, I think aside from the animal captivity or, you know, the whale shows and things like that, they actually do lead a very good sea rescue. And um, that's not really in the media, but um, they do lead a very good sea rescue. And I've thought of doing this as well. Um, But they do have, you know, the majority of their animals, they have rescued, for instance, their manatees. Um, They'll rescue the manatees from boating accidents and, you know, they rehabilitate them. And then when they're in their rehabilitation, um, depending how bad their, you know, status is, um, if they're in their rehabilitation, that's normally when the guests see them and then they're able to be released. Um, Obviously, this isn't the case for the whales or the dolphins, which are mostly bred there. Um, But... I look back at SeaWorld and I think of how much of an impact that had on my life. You know, if I never went there, I wouldn't have created such a strong bond with these animals or, you know, even really known all of this stuff about them, which led to me having such an appreciation for them. So I'm not completely against SeaWorld. I'm, you know, actually really thankful for them. Um, and I think that animals relate to humans in so many ways and people really overlook that. Um, you know, a person will look at a pig and say, you know, it's nasty, it's rolling in the mud, it's stinky, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, pigs are actually very clean animals. You know, they roll in the mud to keep, you know, cool because they don't have any sweat glands. Um, they're, they're just, I mean, they're a lot like humans. People look at cows and, you know, they'll be drinking their milk and they'll say, oh, you know, this came from a cow. They look at cows and they think of milk, but they forget that cows produce milk because they're mothers. Um, I think a lot of people look over, you know, again, dolphins and whales, how whales are not just an animal. They're so much more than that. I mean, especially, you know, orca whales. I mean, I say that because they're my favorite, but I mean, I do know, you know, I know the most about them. Orca whales when you talk about their pods, those pods are their families. It's not like it's just a bunch of animals getting together and swimming around. Those pods are actually their families, and those pods last for absolutely generations. Each pod has their own unique language. They all talk to each other. You know, if one pod gets mixed in with another pod, which is what, you know, happened at the beginning of SeaWorld, um, what was happening was uh, they would go into coves and they would um, circle up the babies. And they would circle up babies, they would circle up some, you know, adolescents, and they would just, you know, net them and bring them in. If you take that into consideration, essentially what was happening is a baby from a complete different family, a complete different language is being mixed in with another complete stranger. They're confused, they're away from their mothers, and they're going into these tanks, which are, you know, cement tanks, they're not getting the, you know, correct amount of swimming and mileage that they're supposed to be having per day. And then the whales started to be um, aggressive towards each other and they couldn't figure out why. And the reason why is because they're scared. They're with a complete stranger. I mean, imagine if that happened with a human. And it's just, I look at animals in the environment and nature as a whole different world as humans because we, for some reason, 
think that we are so superior with our government and all of our factories and all the ways that we've become, you know, a sustainable society. But animals have lived and they have been here for generations and billions of years. And they have survived for billions of years. On a timeline, I know you guys have probably heard this, but on a timeline of, you know, the history of our world, you look at us and I mean, humans have been here for like a year out of billions of years. And it's like, we are already about to end our world because we have ruined the earth so much through our government and through all these factories and what we consider as being a decent and surviving society but look at how long these animals have survived and outdone us essentially and for some reason we still think that we are absolutely optimal um and I think that that's a big thing to take into consideration when you're talking about the environment or when you're talking about animal rights, because you need to realize and recognize and understand how superior nature is all around us versus how small we are to it. Um, and that's just why I just find it so fascinating. And I've had such an admiration and appreciation for it. I just think... It's something that needs to have a lot more attention drawn to it, unfortunately. Um, and that goes into uh, my belief of souls. Um, I believe that everything has a soul. I'm not one to go outside and pick up a rock and say, hi, buddy. Um, no, <laughs> I just genuinely believe that everybody has a soul. Going into my talk about reincarnation, um, I think that, you know, you can come back as anything. And I think that that's what's so amazing about it. Um, I could do a whole talk about reincarnation, about um, what people would want to come back as. I think that would be kind of cool. But um, yeah, I think that everything definitely has a soul. You look into the eyes of a whale or a pig or a cow, and I don't think you can tell me that they don't have a soul. They're not just an animal standing there. That's... That's like, that's just, that's something looking right back at you and into your heart and into your soul. That's two souls coming in contact with another. And I just think that's beautiful. And I think that that's why they need such appreciation and that, you know, anything and everything needs to be treated with absolutely love. Um, I don't think that anybody listening to this or any of my followers would ever, um, you know, engage in animal abuse, you look at your dog and you have a connection, but what's that any different from looking at a cow or looking at a, you know, a fish? Um, I think that everything is here for a reason. And aside from the, um, aside from just that ideal, you, you know, it's proven in science. I mean, there's food webs, there's, you know, everything connecting with one another. Everybody has a reason to be here. And you look at food webs and food chains and all this kind of stuff, you know, um, in the environment, and it always ends at humans. Um, I think that being a part and doing your research and finding out what you can do to take part in nature and to actually give back, um, I just think that's amazing. Like, you become a part of this amazing system that has dominated this earth um, and I just think that's a really cool thing to do. Um, I think that 
um, a big appreciation should go to all of this stuff. Um, and I think that there's been a lot of negative media going around. Um, and I think you should get into more so, not necessarily negative or positive, but we need to get more into educational media, telling us what's going on in the world. But not only that, you know, for people to read it and say, oh, that sucks, and then just kind of mope about it. Um, there needs to be more media of what's going on and what we can do about it. Um, I follow some certain accounts like Ecolife and stuff like that, um, and they they post some things about, you know, like, oh, hey, you know, look, uh, percentages of, you know, plastic pollution or things like that, but then they tell you, hey, you can go to this store and you can buy these, like, uh, these netted bags and they can be, you know, washed and they can be reused, and then they give you the percentages and the statistics of what effect that you would have um, if you engage in this lifestyle, which is really rewarding, actually. Um, and I think that there needs to be a lot more things about that, um, not only with environmental news, but, you know, the recent news with, you know, racism um, in our government and in our country. Um, I think that we go straight to rioting or we go straight to um, we go straight to protesting and not to say that that doesn't work because people will listen um, eventually. And there needs to be a lot more of people who are active and um, worried about our current issues. Because without people who are active, um, some of those corrupt leaders can just keep doing what they're doing. Um, And I think it's very important to keep active in your society and keep active in what's going on. And most importantly, to keep educated. Because you cannot have an argument without being educated. Um, you need to have statistics, you need to have facts, which is very important. And I think that's what the media that we should follow or that you should follow. I think if you're focused on being an activist and you're focused on being a helpful person in society, that's the media switch that you need to do. Because if you start following those kinds of accounts which give information and give ways to help, um, that is a very helpful tool and resource that you can build upon and that you can have um, in order to uh, be that citizen that you're looking to be. And all of a sudden, you'll notice if you start following those accounts, your media is going to change, which is honestly a cool thing about technology. Um, You know, when you talk about, uh, I forget what it's called, like cyber mining or stuff, data mining, that how we like make jokes about it and we're like oh I was talking to my mom about buying a pizza and all of a sudden I go on my phone and I had an ad for pizza um I think things like that uh that's that's not gonna go away it's just gonna happen it's creepy um but at times it can be cool I mean I sit there and I talk about the environment or I talk about my podcast and things like that and it's like I get all of these useful tools to help me And I think when you talk about or when you search more about information, ways to help, things like that, you will notice your media will begin to change and you'll begin to get more more of these helpful resources. Um, And I mean, that's a cool thing. Um, Also, talking about technology, I think growing up in the generation um, that I'm in, I think we kind of have two separate generations. We have the ones who were born um, in the late 1990s or the early 2000s, which is me. Um, And we grew up when technology, uh, like mobile technology, was first becoming a thing. Um, 
when I was younger, I witnessed like the first iPhone come out. Um, and then we have this separate generation, which was born in the late 2000s, um, like my cousins, and they were born into like serious technology, like all mobile, all gaming, all like, I feel like an old person talking, all these like PCs and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, I'm not into video games either, so I can't, I don't know if I can really say anything. Um, but you know what I mean? I think we have two definite, like, separate generations on that. And I think that's a hard thing for older generations to understand. Um, I hear a lot of older generations, like, um, uh, compare our generation, like mine, to the one that I just talked about, like, the younger one, where they know absolutely everything and everything about technology. And that's not bad, but, um... When I see technology, I know that not a lot of people in my generation would agree, but I see more so of an opportunity. I mean, look at all this like COVID-19 thing, how much technology has been a resource to us and how it's been able to connect people and how it's been able to um, get people to reach out. And I just think that is an amazing aspect of technology. It's not all about Instagram. It's not all about Snapchat. It's not all about, you know, all this kind of different stuff. To me, I think a big thing about appreciating technology and our potential with technology is, like I said, changing the media, um, looking for more informative resources rather than just news that tells you what happened and then nothing else. Um... I think there's definitely a lot of potential uh, with technology. Also, um, speaking of uh, COVID-19, I heard um, there's like predictions where all these jobs that moved online, the majority of them are, you know, they might, this is just a prediction. They might say, you know what, we can do our job online, so let's kind of move to online, Um, at least some of their workers, which has kind of tied into the environmental aspect of cutting carbon emissions of people having to drive to work. And then with that cutting carbon emissions, um, we kind of, you know, switch to technology, which I think is awesome. Like this potential is just great. And yeah, this COVID-19 thing happened. You know, I'm a senior in high school. I was supposed to be graduating. Um, I know it sucks. And you know what? I had my days of crying and I had my days of being sad, but it happened and there's nothing we can do to change it. You know, prom, graduation, it sucks, but we can't change it. And I think it's time to start focusing on the good things that this has brought. Look at what it has done to the environment. It has cut so many carbon emissions. Um, There's predictions that it'll continue to cut carbon emissions. Um, Look, the rivers in Venice are crystal clear and they have fish and swans in them for the first time in years. And it's just amazing to see all of the stuff that's come out. And that's part in time to, you know, everything that happens, everything happens for a reason. And I know when things happen, it's very hard to believe that and to um, take pride in that statement. I know when I heard about prom and graduation and grad bash and everything being canceled, um, I was devastated. I wouldn't listen to anything anyone was saying. I wouldn't listen to it happen. I'm sorry, we can't do it. You know, I wouldn't listen to anything. I wouldn't listen to everything happens for a reason. It was horrible. But as soon as I got over that, and as soon as I understood, like, look, we're like, we still, we have all of this 
potential given to us. Like, I just had to kind of take a step back and be like, I'm in a house. I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. I have a phone. I can reach out to my friends. And then, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, I reached out and I did a lot more art. I did art shows for my paintings. And I started chalk art and I did that. And that got a huge response. I was actually in the news for my chalk art in Winter Garden. And it's just, we have so much potential and we have so many like opportunities to do better things in bad times and I think that that's a huge thing to recognize not only in this instance but you know in everything just in life in general um and I'm kind of going to end on the note of humanity and just talking about humanity in general um being a good person I get asked that a lot of kind of how to be a good person being a good person is not specific in any way. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie Pleasantville. Um, it's actually a very good movie. It's with Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon. And it's about life in the 1950s and how everyone thought they had to act a certain way to be a perfect human and to be a perfect person. But that's not how it is in real life. Like I said in the beginning, every single person is different. Everybody has a different heart, a different soul, a different mind. Everyone has a different way of thinking of things. Everyone is different. So there's no certain steps of being a good person per se. I think a part of being a good person is to have an open mind and to be open to understanding other people. If you're open to understanding other people and you're open to, you know, getting advice or giving advice and you're open to just hearing what people have to say, I think that is one of the most important things in humanity and society and everything is people just want to be heard. And once they're heard, I feel like people become more open. People just want to voice their opinion. They want to voice what they have to say. It's like a burning fire inside them because everyone has different opinions. Everyone has different views. But once you sit there and you listen to them rather than fighting back and saying, I disagree, that's where the hatred and the violence starts. If we had conversations where you just listen to each other and you say, okay, I get it. I hear you. But my opinion is this. So how can we make a compromise? And I know people say that, oh, well, that's only in a perfect world and that won't actually happen. It's not realistic. It's not realistic because all these people keep saying that it's not realistic. You have to do it and you have to make it happen. And that's for any individual, for any relationship, for any governmental, you know, society. It goes for everything. It's an important step in being a good person and having, you know, a good community and having a good society is an important part in it. And if anyone, you know, has contradictions or has other opinions, I'm open to it. Like, we can have a conversation about it. Like I said, I'm open to um, having people on here, on the podcast. Um, like I said, I'm not very good with technology, so I wouldn't know how to um, have, like, a, a, a guest. Um, but we can figure it out. Like, I would love to talk to somebody on here. Um, I would love to get messages on, you know, new things that I could talk about, new things that people um, want to ask me or ask my opinions about. Um, you guys can always reach out to me on Instagram. I don't have Snapchat or anything else except for Instagram. Um, my Instagram is just Maddie Harbalis. It's just my name. 
um, you can look me up, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this, um, if this does work out, and this does become a thing, then I'll definitely, um, make more that might really like this, so just keep me updated with what you guys like, and what y'all want to hear, and yeah, I'll let you guys go now, bye.